Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. Answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. I'm Eric Kane, and Brent Hubbs, Rob Lewis, and who's that guy? I hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks. Is that Austin Price? I'm back, baby. All right. He's he's rested. Are you going on vacation with the kids? Are you rested and refueled, or are you tired coming home? Well, I'm only tired because my body is, you know, because we went to Alaska. So my body's on Alaska time. So, like, getting out of bed is is much more of a, a issue than it normally is. Normally, I'm up 6.37 at the latest, 8 o'clock. And, you know, I mean, like, I woke up at 10.15 this morning. <laughs> and I had agreed to do a tape something with Josh Newberg uh, for his show and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've overslept. But it was 10 his time, which meant 11 my time. So I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. I'll be there and like, as soon as I can throw a shirt on. Oh, wait, never mind. I'm, I've got 45 minutes. Like, my mind is, woo. Hey, AP, can you show everybody your fur lined Peter Millar slippers? That, that, your, your seal fur that, that you got up there? <laughs> fur trappers, baby. Fur trappers. Peter, <laughs> Peter Millar is the original fur trapper. Is, is there any Peter Millar available in Sitka? Or catch a can? No, I don't believe there was. So no souvenir shopping for AP on this trip is what that pulls down to. That's not true. I went to Caraloha. They have fantastic uh, ta- uh, bamboo uh, shirt T-shirts. So all this hashtag analysis that is brought to you by <laughs> our friends Exterior Home Solutions, making this coverage possible. Uh, summer storms, siding repairs, deck repairs, roofing repairs, or just renovations, whatever the case may be. If you have uh, something you want to do with your home, give Exterior Home Solutions a call today. A free estimate, 865-524-5888. And you can always visit them online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. we got a lot of questions to get into. We'll go ahead and start with Rocky Top T. It says, I see Florida, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Kentucky as toss-up games. I think Tennessee needs at least three of those wins. Do you think that Tennessee gets them? Uh, Rob, we can start with you. Hey, I'm 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 AP today. I think Tennessee gets them all. <laughs> I and, I, and I'm I'm joking, but I'm not joking. I, I really do. You know, I've been you know I've been doing all the previews, the opponent previews, you know, for the past you know couple weeks. I, I think Tennessee wins all those games. I mean, every, everybody needs transfers to hit in college football these days. Kentucky really needs transfers. I mean, Devin Leary has got to be the the guy. And, you know, and he, and he probably will be, you know, pretty good. If you go back to 2021, he was outstanding uh, at quarterback for Kentucky. But but still, they, they lost a lot. That's – I mean, I, I don't want to get into the details. Kentucky got some holes. Start with the offensive line. You know, Texas A&M, there's – and I want, I want Brett Hubbs' opinion on this marriage. I, I think Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher is the biggest 
I mean, it could be, it could be a home run, or it could be a One. strikeout on three pitches looking. What, oh, what it's, what it, it's, it's got all the possibilities of being a Kardashian marriage, you know, or, or it's got a, the, the possibilities of being something that lasts for a good five, you know, four or five years to Bobby Petrino gets a head job somewhere else. He's not looking to, to stay there forever. Um, he's trying to going to try to leverage it to get another job, be a head, be a head coach somewhere. I'm sure. Um, but it could be, I mean, it could be ugly. It, it I mean, they play, be, they play, they it could play be a quick annulment. I'm telling you, it could I, be bad. I, they play Texas A&M October 14th. I wouldn't shot me if Petrino didn't make the trip. <laughs> I mean, I mean, DJ Durkin, when he's yeah. the safest bet you have as a coordinator, <laughs> like, I mean, like, listen, I think DJ does a good job, but I mean, um, he's an emotional roller coaster. I mean, look how he was with Lane. I mean, like at several different stops, he is the level-headed one out of that tri- trio. So, like, you know, it, Hubs is right, I, and Rob's right. Like, this thing's got – I don't think there's any middle ground. I think it's either going to be, wow, this is the best move that, that Jimbo could have ever made, or what were you thinking? See ya. Well, and a- A&M also, I mean, they've got Weg- the Wegman kid at, at quarterback who, you know, played really well at the end of the last year, but was a true freshman. You, you, you don't know what you have there. I mean, I, I just think they're a big unknown. I mean, they've been stacking big-time recruiting classes right on top of each other for the past three or four years. So there, there's talent there. Um, but but I like to see chances. And I, I mean, I, I think in, in Florida was the other one he mentioned. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great team to be playing early in the season. Two new coordinators, transfer quarterback. I mean, just a, just a lot of a lot of new parts there. But I, I think that's. I think, I think you, you're really glad to be playing Florida in, in, in week three. South Carolina as well, Rob. Man, I mean, right after what happened last year, you can't discount them. But I don't, I don't know if anybody is relying on the transfer portal as hard as, as South Carolina is. And, and, and not you know, big, not, not quarterback and that kind of stuff like Florida and, and, and Kentucky are. But just, I mean, they've got a lot of pieces at receiver, running back. I mean, so that, that, that has, to, has to hit. Secondary, and again, after what happened last year, he just can't discount them. But and Rattler, if you take out what Rattler did against Tennessee and Clemson last year, which you, which you can't do, but if you, I mean, he, he threw for like twenty six hundred yards, like he threw for eight hundred fifty in in those last two games. He threw for sixteen touchdowns on the year. He threw six against Tennessee, and and I mean more than a third of his scoring tosses. Uh, I, I like Tennessee in all, in all those games, and, and you know, I, I think catching South Carolina at home is huge. Playing Texas A&M at home is huge. I have no respect for Kentucky. I could be proven wrong <laughs> in, in, in that one, but but I, I like Tennessee to win all those. For, for me, uh, I think the only lock lock. I mean, Kentucky just traditionally is a lock, but I do think that they're going to be more competitive this year. I think the game is way more competitive than it was last year with Leary at quarterback because I do think he's a good player. Um, still will take Tennessee there. I think a lock is the South Carolina game. If, if Josh Hyper said, you get one win, Josh, it's all you get all year. You get to pick it, though, and by however many points you want it by. He's taking South Carolina by billions. So I'm taking South Carolina. Uh, to, 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 you and know, if that's a night game? I, I'm thinking I'm going to get curb stomped. Uh, that, yeah. that, it's July, what, the 12th, 13th, whatever it is. It, it's, you know, that's that's my that's my mid-July hot take because I think South Carolina takes it on the chin here. I do think A&M is a total coin flip game. I think they're the great unknown in the SEC because, as you said, Rob, they 
have stockpiled. Now they've lost some of those recruits to the transfer portal because, you know, they didn't either make payment or whatever it was that, you know, they, the reason they left, um, who knows, uh, that's just all of the fodder out there. Either way, like, I, I think they're the great unknown because they still do have talent. And what's the coaching staff dynamic going to be like? If it's a good marriage, that's great. Um, and, and, and then Florida, Hubbard, I mean, if Tennessee was ever going to win at the Swamp, you would think it would have to be this year, the, down as Florida is. But, you know, Tennessee's not won down there in 20 years. And so, you know, to quote you, you got to see it to believe it. That's To me, that's actually pretty valid this year. Um just based off going on the road, it's a tough place to play early. And Florida always has a, a, a certain edge when they play Tennessee because they think they, they own the series, which they have traditionally the last 20 years. So, you know, if Tennessee gets by Florida, then I think that there's a great chance that, you know, that they're, they're undefeated heading into Alabama. Uh, based, based on my Tuesday performance on the podcast, I've got the Vols winning everything. <laughs> Unbeaten. I meant to tell you, Hubbard. Great, you, you, greatest team ever assembled in college football. I meant to tell you. Better than the 39 team. Are they going to allow points? Yeah, absolutely. Hubbard, I meant to tell you, I mean, a lot of listeners don't know, but I have a, a son who's going to be a senior at UT next year. He listened to the podcast and called me Tuesday night. He's like, Dad, I just gave up my student tickets. You know? <laughs> That's exactly right. I, I mean, you- I was going to say he was listening as he was going across the Hamley Street Bridge and just weird right. He just jumped off, I think. I mean, I only said they were going to win nine games, but uh, uh, but but I just I, I, I had a bad day. So hey, Hubbard, they've all, they've we'll only won. We'll move on to the next. We'll move on to the next question. They've only won more than eight one time since two thousand seven. Oh, that was last year. So I mean, like picking them to win nine is actually pretty 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 nice. Hey, this is a tangent. This is I told you guys doing the previews. This this I, I ran across this stat. Freak, it just blew my mind. Kentucky in the history of the program has 22 seven win seasons in history. That's pretty. And, and Mark Stoops has six of them. Oh, I, yeah. I can believe that. And all yeah. of that schedule he's had. It, 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 he, he plays Mississippi state every year. It kills you, doesn't it? Well, all right, let's move on. We, 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 well, let's not move on. We got 10 minutes on one question. We're not we're making good progress here. We're going to work on Hubs' issues here. We're going to work through this. I don't, this. I don't have any issues. I'm good. I'm good. Lay on the couch, Trevor. I'll walk you through it. All right. Welcome back, AP. Let's get this one from Southerner 98. What is more likely to occur? Here we go. Ready? Landing all three of Amari Jefferson, Mike Matthews, Ryan Wingo, or getting one of Aiden Breland or Brandon Baker? The receivers. So you're saying that they have a really good shot at those three, all three receivers, or you're saying a better they have a I less than a better chance, they, chance at the other two? I think that no, I think there's a better chance they land all three receivers than land one of the other two. Um, you know, the other two are just, I mean, they're, they're shots in the dark. You swing, you hope to connect, right? Like, it, you know, but can you be Buster Douglas for one of those two guys? You know, and that's kind of how I look at the other two. They, I think they'll get in here at the end of the month. You take your shot, see if you can get them back in here officially you know, sometime this fall. Uh, and I think that's the biggest key for Tennessee is can you do enough if they make it in here at the end of July to get them back for an official visit in season? If that happens, then, you know, who knows? But right now, kind of where they are with Wingo, Matthews, and Jefferson, I would take the chances of running the running uh, all three of those, you know, um, over landing one of the other two. Ball by Grace, understanding that nobody's had a bad summer of workouts and everyone's working harder than ever before. 
Um, <laughs> are there are there any newcomers that have taken a step in the weight room this offseason, Brent? Well, you said non-newcomers. In, in oh, non-newcomers. Season. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, ever you know, is anybody not stronger than they were a year ago? No. no I, I don't I mean – They've all they've all added in in the weight room. Guys have gotten stronger. It happens every every year. I don't know that there's anybody who you're going to look at that's like Austin. That's who's a returning player that you go, wow, that guy's just totally different than he was last season. Um, from a physical standpoint, I mean, Squirrel's not put on 25 pounds, right? I mean, it's just it's not who his body is. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that there's anybody who's dramatically different than than they were a year ago physically who was on this team but i don't think anybody has regressed i mean i think they're all you know stronger some guys have lost some weight i mean you know they, they've gotten leaner and lost some body fat but but that's by design i mean i think bryson easton looks better than he's ever looked but but from a weight standpoint he, he's not dramatically different he's just he's lost some body fat moved some stuff around but he, he's the same size he was a year ago he just looks different so you're telling me they didn't take Squirrel and make him like Bane from Batman Forever, where he goes from this little scrawny guy to like Never saw it. Have no clue. That's unbelievable. Don't get that reference. Let's go to Glog Vols. Who do you think will be the three highest draft picks in 2023, Rob? The three or highest, I guess it'd be 2024. Yeah, for the, the draft. Three highest draft picks off this roster. Man, I would. I'd like to see them play first, but you, you throw Brew McCoy in there. I mean, if he has, I mean, I, this is complete speculation, but if he has the year that a lot of people, you know, think he might have and the way receivers produce here, you know, Thornton, I would think would have, have a shot. I mean, I know AP's thrown him out there as a, as a one and done type guy. And if, you know, if Milton throws for, you know, 3000 yards and 30 touchdowns, he, he's going to get drafted pretty early, but I don't, I mean, I don't think there's not a day one guy, is there? Like, but oh yeah, this year, yeah. I mean, uh, listen, if if, if you if, what if Hubs and I had a discussion, if if Tennessee if if Tennessee does what Hubs predicted him to do, and they win nine games. That means Joe Milton has put up some numbers. You think Milton is a is day high, one oh, guy? Yeah. I, think, I think he's a lock top ten pick if they go nine and three. As a, I mean, how old is he? It, he's not as old as twenty three. Twenty three. You think top ten pick? I think I because, because his skill set, he will pro day that thing like nobody's business. And mean, again, he'll come be coming off as Hub said nine and three or better. And I mean, he's put won some games. I think he's a locked top ten pick if he goes nine and three and he's the starter all year. And uh, I think I think he'll get picked apart on film. Well, he, I mean, here's here's the thing. There's a couple things with Anthony Richards. Here comes my what. He didn't. Here comes you ain't gonna see Joe Milton run like Anthony Richardson ever in your life. Well, I agree with that athletically, but if Anthony Richardson performs well as a rookie with the Colts, if he does some good things, if you, if at the end of the year the Indianapolis Colts are saying, "Hey, I've found my quarterback," that helps Joe Milton stock. If at the end of the year people are thinking Anthony Richardson is Jamarcus Russell, it will hurt Joe Milton yep. stock. So, so Anthony Richardson's important. Here's the other thing, too. I mean, you got what? Caleb Williams, Drake May, definitely going to get drafted in front of, of Joe Milton for sure. I haven't looked at who else is, who all else is out there possibly. How many in the top 10 need a, a quarterback 
this year versus what we saw last year in the draft. I don't think Joe Milton's a top 10 pick. I'm not sure he's a first day pick, but if he does what Austin's saying, I think there's a great chance he's a first day pick if he puts up big numbers. I'm not sure he's a top 10 pick though. Another question here from Glock Vols. Uh, does Tennessee have the talent depth in 2023 to make a national championship run? We talk about roster management and building the roster, having depth in key areas, much better than what it was obviously when Heupel took over. But Austin, is it is it where it needs to be right now to to make a run at a natty? Man, we're sitting here five minutes ago talking about what you know the balls can get past Florida and for the first time in twenty years in Gainesville. Now we've got them going to the playoff. Um, you know, I mean, they I think they do. I think that th if they're going to make a run, it's more so this year than next year. Because I mean, you know, Hubs and I've had this discussion, and I think Hubs put this on the board, like the the number of offensive and defensive linemen they could potentially lose after this year is pretty drastic on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And so, um, you know, I think if you're going to make a run, it probably ought to be this year. And again, the schedule sets up, you know, pretty good for you. Uh, you don't have any like juggernaut in, in September. Um, yeah. I mean, there can be some tough games, but you know, you, you can kind of wade into the pool there and, you know, A&M's the toss game. I think Tennessee can beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa, which is uh, mind boggling for me to say. Um, you know, and then, you know, you get to November and see what happens with, with Georgia. And again, if you don't have a stumble game and you're sitting there at one or two losses, you're going to be in competition for the playoffs. Got to stay healthy in some key spots. They don't have enough depth in some key spots to overcome an injury. Now you can say that about everybody in the country. I get that. Right. I mean, if you lose your starting quarterback, Rob, that generally dramatically changes kind of who you are and what you are. So I'm not talking about that. But, but right now, you look at where Tennessee's at, at, at on the offensive line. They don't have a lot of guys in the two deep that you're just that, – that's kind of a – okay, that number six guy is really good, right? They don't have an obvious answer at center if you have an in, injury at center. There'll be lots of growing pains there. So there's some key areas where they have to stay healthy. And, again, I think you can make that case for everybody around the – for most everybody around the country that they can't sustain – significant injury in some key spots. I think Tennessee's still got probably more key spots where they can't sustain an injury than some other teams in the country. So to make a run, you better stay healthy. Right, we'll go to Gator Dog. What is the biggest concern you have for college football moving forward? Players becoming employees, conference realignment, NIL, et cetera. Rob, you want to answer this one? I know those things really concern me. I mean, Tennessee has a 100,000-seat stadium. They're going to sell – but how many tickets they just sell for the season? 70, however? Yeah, over 70,000. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, those 70,000 people are going to buy, you know, if Joe Milton's on a billboard or if he's a university employee, those 70,000 people are going to show up, tailgate, and make seven Saturdays, you know, kind of their, their biggest weekends of the year. And it's going to be that way all over this conference, and millions and millions of people are going to watch football every Saturday. So, I mean, things are going to change. are going to be different. It's it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't know about the employee thing, you know, and I know there's talk about rev sharing and some different stuff like that to, to try to combat the NIL deal. Um, I, I don't know how any of that's going to play out or if it's going to play out. If there's any one concern, it, it would be can you continue to rake in these huge television right numbers? 
because you don't have, I mean, look at the Pac-12. Now, their product's not nearly as good, right, AP? I mean, what they're putting out there is not nearly as good. But they've struggled to get a broadcast deal together. You know, so, and we're seeing, obviously, the cord cutting. We're seeing companies downsize in a lot of ways. Can that number continue to escalate and grow at the pace that that athletic departments are paying building and employing all the people that they're employing that that would be one way out there concern i don't think anybody's going bankrupt in in the rights game but that would be the only kind of concern that that i could potentially see way on down the road perhaps yeah i don't disagree i mean i you know the money does you know at some point even with the NIL stuff, at some point, like it, it dries up. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying that it's ever going to go totally dry. So like, but I mean, like it, it's going to, I think the noose gets tightened on, on, you know, on what TV contracts you can do or, you know, what universities can spend or what donors are willing to give. And so, you know, I, I think that it, this still boils down to the rich get richer and the poor get poor because the teams that can, you know, financially, handle you know when the when the noose gets tightened a little bit the better and i I know there's there's you know state bonds and everything you know out there rob i didn't i don't know that i saw a day where tennessee would have five five hundred million dollars of of facility projects going at the same time oh it's nuts but i mean also i mean don't you think i mean i and i wouldn't say this is is a concern it doesn't it's not something that keeps me up at night or, or worries me and i know i'm not the only person that thinks this but I, I think because of what you're talking about, the money and, and the, the, you know, the people that, that, that can take care of themselves, I mean, I, I do think we'll see a break eventually mm-hmm. where, where, you know, the, not, not even all the power five, but, but the big boys, I, I think, will we'll, we'll leave the NCAA. But I, I don't know if that happens in five years, 10 years, or 20 years. But I, I think with the, the way they're raking in money, I mean, why, why are you going to allow, you know, the NCAA to tell you, what to do or how to, how to run your business or, or how to operate when, when you're, you know, making the kind of money from ESPN and, and the college football playoff, which the NCAA does not control. Well, look at all the, um, all the laws getting changed. They're not getting changed because these the state laws, yeah. these state representatives are going, man, let's do this. The schools are pushing for the laws to be changed to where the NCAA can't come after them for, uh, you know, inducements or nil stuff um that can't come up to the collectives these are these are schools pushing their state representatives who are big texas a&m fans or big texas fans or big missouri fans or whoever and i expect them to get changed in this state um you know i i think that that you know it all comes back to you know trying to protect yourself against you know the big bad ncaa and so i think ultimately uh you know that's why you're seeing a lot of these you know state laws get changed to kind of basically disprove what Rob just said is true. Yeah. And I think that ways. Yeah. And I think that's when you look at Eric, the the biggest, and I know we've got to move to the next one, but you look at the biggest concern. It's who are you going to be able to police it in any way, shape or form? Because the NCAA seems to be losing power on a lot of different fronts, including state laws. So how is the game governed? I think is one, is one question, even when they break away, Who's going to govern it? Who's going to be the commissioner, so to speak, when it breaks away? I think that, but that may be a that may be two decades from now, mm-hmm. as Rob mentioned. I, I don't. I'm with Rob. I don't. I don't go to bed at night going, man. I'm not sure college football is going to be 
I, I'm not sure how healthy it's going to be in the morning when I wake up because they're a long ways from being in, in those kind of situations, I think. But I mean, there's been talk like this for, for years, right? About, yeah. you know, power fives breaking away. And, and one thing's for certain, yeah, we're closer now with everything going on than obviously, you know, we've ever been. So it can be in two decades. It can be in, you know, three or four or five years or whatever, but um, closer now than it's ever been to becoming a reality. They've been, they've been talking about it since Kirby Puckett patrolled the outfield game. <laughs> Early nineties, baby. <laughs> Early nineties. He was a stud. All right. We got plenty more to get into with the VolQuest mailbag podcast, but first uh, let's get a word in from our proud sponsors, exterior home solutions. You know, life happens, and damage to your home can be extremely stressful. That's why it's important to find someone who offers efficient, quality work with financing options. Exterior Home Solutions, they value not only family, but community. And they're who I call when life happens, and you should too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, let's continue on here. We'll go to Dalval14. He's got a couple. This one's a little lengthy. How will teams handle the SEC championship and the 12-team playoff era? Um, I ask this because it's an interesting dynamic. If you miss it and you understand you're the third SEC team in the playoff, you, you won't get a bye week, but the two teams in the SEC championship game are playing a de facto round one game as it is. I don't think anybody's going to tank it. I mean, I don't I don't think anybody's going to play it like it's – week 17 of the NFL regular season and set all their starters. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see that being the case. I think you go play to win is, is what you're going to end up doing. Cause I do still think there'll be some stuff on the line, whether it's a, a buy you're playing for, obviously you're playing for a championship. Um, I, I don't think kids are pro enough that you can that you can say okay we're going to set everybody this week i mean why why doesn't why don't they set all the starters when you're you're playing you know what whatever school directional school that you're favored by 65 points for right coaches still play everybody in the first quarter and then when they get a big lead they pull everybody out i mean those would be games you just set everybody and play it as a jv team right nobody's doing that i, I don't think anybody's tanking a game for in a championship game for for concerns of I guess maybe injury or, or whatever, if, if they're already considered a lock for the playoff. Agreed. Our guy Logan Barlow wants to know who was a kid you saw earlier in your career at Tennessee that, um, or early in their career at Tennessee that really surprised you with how far they were able to take their career uh, into the NFL. I think a good example of that here recently would probably be Cedric Tillman, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see how Cedric does in the NFL in terms yeah. of what his long-term career is. You know, I think a couple guys for me, 
my buddy Ramon Foster. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't see Ram- I thought Maron, Ramon was a, was a good player at Tennessee, but I did not see him having, you know, a, a decade plus career in the National Football League when he went to the Steelers. So he would be one that jumps out at me that way. Um, Denarius Moore had a longer career than I thought. Luke Stocker. Um, held on forever in the NFL. They didn't throw him the ball, but but I mean he he's a guy who had a long career. Jakob Johnson, I never saw playing in the National Football League. There's a handful of guys that jump out to me. AP Abreu Franklin um, had a nice little run in the NFL and didn't do much here. Um, you know, I'll tell you one who started his career here did not finish his career here. Um, but you know, uh, the more I'm around, the more I'm impressed by him is Lee Smith. Um, you know, it, it, you know, it was here for like, you know, 37 seconds, got dismissed, uh, made the, you know, could have pouted and, and hung his head. He went to Marshall, just kind of went to work and, and, you know, got, got in the league and played a decade in the league and, you know, uh, kudos to him. Now he's doing some great things out here. Um, you know, not too far from where I live, um, with his gym triple F and, you know, a guy that just, you know, again, you know, a good old hometown boy who uh, really loved the Vols and uh, it didn't work out, but uh, he did not uh, hang his head and he just kind of went to work and, and paid off with a decade in the NFL. You guys yeah. are missing the, you're missing the all-time best one. All right. Morgan Cox. Uh, Morgan, well, he, I mean, snap, he's a specialist, million, though. Millionaire long snapper. I mean, he's still playing. Yeah, he, I mean, but, is, but I mean, that's a special, I mean, that's now? a specialty position that he does – Really, really Eric, well. What was still the doing. question? Did the question say not including specialist? There were some guys <laughs> on the you know came, came through. That some, That's I true. Mean, Morgan's yeah, played, not. I think he's getting ready to start four, year fourteen. And what's that. amazing? What's amazing with that is, I mean, he's been so good that teams. I mean, what's what's his minimal right now? Right, as a fourteen-year veteran, what's his salary now compared to a guy who's in his second or third year? I mean, you could clearly go cheaper with a long snapper, but he's been so good and so consistent that somebody's willing to pay him the minimal, which at his, Oh, it's seven figures at his, at his tenure in the NFL is a lot higher than somebody who's in their second or third year in the NFL, which says a lot about him. I, I would have lost a bet if somebody said Kendall Vickers was in the NFL right now. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have won that bet. So there's, there's several of those guys out there. Oh, um, or how about, I mean, Shaw Tuttle. I mean, he was a great recruit, big time recruit, but so many injuries. Here, he yep. just signed his second contract. Yep, he did. Got paid. Another question here from Logan. It's a good one. Who was the unsung hero of the Philip Fulmer era on the coaching staff or the football office? And what do they uh, what do they bring specifically? What do they do well? Well, I, I think I, I think Philip had a really good recruiting office and, and brought a lot of people through through a long time. I know Scott Altizer's back now, but you look at the people that have come through that office that are running recruiting shops around the country are, are were groomed and learned here. I think they get, did a good job. I think David Blackburn was, was a key cog uh, for, for Philip Fulmer um, in navigating some, some different things when, when he was here. Um, I think he played a, a really important role. Um, the best strength coach Philip Fulmer ever had was John Stuckey. Nobody, nobody knew John very well because John didn't want to be known very well, but uh, John Stuckey changed the, the direction of the program with the style of training that they went through and their strength and conditioning. Tennessee became a much more physical team, but remained athletic and got more athletic as they got more physical. 
because of what John Stuckey brought to the table as a strength coach. That's to me, that's the most important hire Philip Fulmer ever made was John Stuckey. Uh, Rotling for life, pull out your crystal ball, not for a, a commit, obviously, but when the 2023 football season ends, who is Tennessee's leading receiver, rusher, tackler, and sack leader? Rob, you can go first. Uh, leading rusher, I'll go Jalen Wright, leading rusher. Uh, receiver, man, I- I'll go McCoy, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sleeping on on, on Thornton at all. But I think he could have a big year. Leading tackler would probably be Aaron Beasley. I mean, you can go down the list and kind I'd of, take Beasley for sure. We, yeah, we, he but was sack, the, the sack leader's interesting, uh, Austin, because you can go a number of different ways here. Yeah, you could. Um, I think the, the the receiver thing too is I think in catches it'll be McCoy, in yardage it'll be whoever's in the slot, whether that's yeah. Thornton or Squirrel. Um, uh, you're right on Beasley, uh, in my opinion, but don't sleep on Arion Carter. I think you know, if, especially if he can assert himself early, I think he becomes leading tackler as a freshman. I, 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 I'm just saying, don't sleep on him. I think it'll be Beasley, but I think Arion Carter's gonna play more than people think. Uh, sack guy. I just don't think you know at this point. Like, I mean, like, I think that the if you want to just go, okay, who's probably going to play? Who's probably going to, you know, get home in some of these, you know, kind of, you know, easy games? I think it'll be a, a guy like Roman Harrison. But the potential is there for one of the other guys that has a lot more talent to be the leading guy with sacks. But they've not done it. So how can you say, you know, how can you just say James Pierce? Yeah, James Pierce. You know, I mean, like, he's not – He's not gotten on the field consistently enough to say that, or 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 Joshua Josephs or whoever. So I don't think you can go that one. In, and I would go Jalen Jalen Wright on leading rush. Yeah, I think when the defensive side, you know, there's some guys who padded some numbers last year in some mop up duties, you know, to make themselves. I mean, you know, James Pierce had more sacks than Joshua Josephs and played an eighth of the amount of snaps that he played. Um, so that, that, that thing can be a little bit misleading. I think the question is who's going to lead them in SEC play in sacks because that would determine who, who stepped up. And it may be a linebacker. They may have to blitz. We'll see. Until Joshua Josephs and James Pierce shows that they can, that, that they can get home, they may have Maybe to Maybe Arion Carter, Hubs. You, you slept like 18 hours last night. Arian <laughs> Carter not going to be the leading tackler <laughs> in his defense in his freshman year. Going to have a solid year. Will not be the leading tackler. He'll play I a lot of snaps. I said I took Beasley. I said I took Beasley. I said, but I'm not sleeping on it. I think he can play a lot more than people go think. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. Going to play well, but but going to play a good bit, but not going to be the leading tackler. The thing about the the sacks, I mean, like Roman Harrison, even with Byron Young here, he plays a ton of snaps, and he'll play a ton of snaps next year. In terms of getting sacks, I mean, he had two and a half sacks against Vanderbilt. I mean, I know that's an SEC game. I get it, but Talk about padding your stats. I mean, he, he just doesn't get back there and finish as much as you like. But, you know, maybe there's a difference here in this year. I, obviously, as you guys have all said, the potential's there for Joshua Josephs and, you know, Pierce and obviously Herring as well as a true freshman. But, you know, we'll see. They got to go out and do it. Have, have you seen that gif, Eric, of Jimbo where he goes, where he tells you, you know, that's what I did with Hubs just then. I said something positive about a kid just because I knew he would come in and just crap on it, oh, and, yeah. and it, and it brings out his negativity. I, I'm I'm a hater. I'm a hater. That'll be on the board next. Hubs doesn't think Green Carter can play. See, I thought the Kirby comment the other day would have been a great threat on the board. It never showed up. No, because I was too negative about everything. 
Now I'll have this like AP just got slapped in the head with a with a killer whale tail fin. <laughs> I didn't see killer whale, just humpbacks. <laughs> All right, uh, this is from Jason Smith. What advice would you give to someone who's trying to get in the business of sports media recruiting coverage? Um, relationships, man. It, don't make phone calls. Go see people. Matt Ray did that. Matt Ray started. Matt Ray started doing this as kind of a fan, like that. That you know, wanted to like, you know, dive into recruiting. He started going to see kids. He didn't, he didn't just like look at, you know, what a few people were saying. He went out and got his own information. He went out and did it his own way. When I started this, I went through, before I was working for hubs, I went through when I was just doing it grassroots, I'd get on whitepages.com and I'd look up Stevens in Flower Mound, Texas. And the 17th Stevens I called was finally Nick Stevens. You know, um, those, those type of things, get out and go see people, work relationships, you know, don't just take what other people are saying and, and, and roll with it. Find your own information. And again, it's all about people. It's all about people. It's all about people. Brent, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think he's exactly right. I mean, you can teach yourself to write. You, you can you can get better as a writer. Um, no, nobody's judging writing these days like they did with sports writing in the in the 40s and 50s, 60s. You know, it's it's different now. It's about the information. Um go get your relationships together, your information. The other thing I would say too is don't be an expert before you have experience. There's a lot of people out there who are telling everybody how it is who have never, who don't have enough experience to, to be able to have all of those hot take opinions at this point to, to establish the credibility that they need to have uh, to make it long-term in the business. All right, let's go to Athron. He's got a couple of recruiting questions here. Uh, thoughts on Russell a few days out, AP? Uh, Arkansas has made it interesting. Um, I still think it's Tennessee. I still lean Tennessee. And uh, I think the kids just felt a connection with Jerry Mack and a connection with the Tennessee staff and feels really comfortable here. Um, but, you know, I, I said that leaving the, the visit, I said Tennessee remains the pick for me. Uh, they are, but you know, you've got to withstand the hometown team where he's surrounded by Razorback fans for literally almost, you know, three weeks, you know, we're up against it. I still think Tennessee though, is he is playing everything close to the vest. He's not doing a whole lot of talking and he'll do something at seven forty-five Eastern time, six forty-five central coming up on Friday. And whichever team he picks, they're going to have to hold on to him until December. This ain't going away. No, hundred percent. Like Tennessee will have to continue to recruit that hard uh, if they land him. Um, yeah. I do think if he picks Arkansas, which I don't think he's going to, I think he's picking Tennessee. Um, but if he does, if he did pick Arkansas, I think it'd be a lot harder for Tennessee to flip it. Whereas it won't be as hard for Arkansas to flip it, but they had him committed once he decommitted for a reason. He gave them a visit. He didn't jump right back in the boat. That tells me all, a lot uh, heading into his announcement. Anything new on Mike Matthews or Cam Franklin? Cam Franklin, no, going to visit Miami and Auburn at the end of the month and start working towards a decision. Um, and Mike Matthews, I think, uh, you know, the earth's getting big in the window. And any more offensive linemen on the board, or is that going to be a thing where you wait until some film comes out of senior season? No, I think if Bennett Warren gets in, I think Tennessee's, you know, pretty good spot there um, exiting summer. Okay, we'll go on to – Groverly, um, where do you all see the floor and the ceiling for this recruiting class, SEC and nationally? Brent, do, do you think this is still a team 
or a class when it's all said and done. They can certainly be top 10 in the country and probably top five in the in the Southeastern Conference. They got some work to do, of course, but I think that's certainly still, uh, you know, in line for Tennessee. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a, a possibility. I mean, AP would know the, the answer better than that to, to that to me. I mean, you can finish top 10 in, in, in the country nationally in the middle of the pack in the SEC, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think that's probably what we're looking at at this point. Well, I, of course, the league's out in there 15 teams, so I think you're in the top third uh, if you're in the, if you're in the top five, and so um, you're still beating out two thirds of the league, um, even if you if you if you kind of go down that route. Uh, Tennessee, a lot of their big fish, Mike Matthews, Edwin Spillman, um, you know, even guys like Amari Jefferson, who is a coin flip, Braylon Russell, Bennett Warren, um, Kai Bates, you know, Danny Okoye. These are all high end guys that are still not come, have still not come off the board. So Tennessee's got the best chance to kind of be, you know, uh, drafting in the 10th spot and, and then, you know, you use, you know, use the draft to get by several cars and, and rock it up with some decisions on the horizon. All right. We will quickly end here with this baseball one from Sam Smith, 2233. After the draft, how are we feeling about the pitching staff 218 days out from opening day? sophomores and freshmen who are some names who could step up um yeah you're gonna have to replace some guys in the bullpen i mean we'll see exactly what you know who decides to do what i mean at the time of this recording i think bryce jenkins is going to go professional professionally we'll see about zach joyce i think the angels you know signing or drafting him makes things very interesting because of course ben and his injury history as well um you know, we'll keep an eye on Aaron Combs over the next couple of days see if you know potentially he could be an undrafted free agent guy or if he's going to return so We'll see. I just think the biggest thing in terms of pitching, well, you won with high school. Uh, there was a couple guys that could have been picked. Uh, they, they were passed on, obviously, you know, thought to to be some draft risk, but, you know, hard to sign. So they passed on them. But, I mean, you know, yeah, the, a lot of these guys are going to be pushing for, you know, weekend, bullpen, um, you know, depending on <laughs> what happens with Luke Holman. Of course, that's the, the big fish left in the transfer portal for Tennessee, who's after an LSU. And, Mississippi State and Alabama are in that one as well. So um, a lot of these freshmen could be pushing for potentially a weekend if it comes to that, but obviously some big-time guys to, to fill in the bullpen as well. So, you know, like shortstop, a lot of guys are going to have to step up and adapt to the college life in a hurry. But Tennessee won the high school portion of the draft, and they did really, really well in that regard. I think you got to be really pleased with losing only likely Carson Rucker. All right. That's going to do it here for this edition of the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. Every single week, it's presented by Exterior Home Solutions. For a free estimate, go ahead and give them a call today. That's at 865-524-5888, or visit them online, exteriorhomesolutions.com. Got an incredible promo going on right now. If you're listening to this and you aren't a member of us over at VolQuest.com on the General's Quarters, a $1 for one month new subscription deal right now, a summertime deal. It's not going to be out there for much longer so join us, tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, we got a whole lot going on over at VolQuest.com with recruiting and, of course, football camp. It starts just around the corner with SEC Media Days next week. For Brent Hubs, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis, I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys as always. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.